live for episode 17 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And of course, we are presented by DraftKings, joined by co-host Rich Howe and Colin Lewin. We just got done watching the Preds lose another really tough game. I feel like we're on repeat with this right now, guys. It's a groundhog day. Yeah, rough. Very rough. Yeah, it's like rinse and repeat right now. Like, every game you watch, you feel like you're watching the same game that you just got done watching the game before. But that's kind of where we find ourselves at right now. 12 games in, the Preds drop another one to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're about to react to the game we just watched tonight. Uh, the Preds lose uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we have a lot to get into 17, but let's get it all started off with uh, DraftKings. DraftKings is uh, our partnership here, and they are doing awesome things for us. And they've got an awesome deal for see the UFC event that's coming up this weekend. And they've got an awesome deal. All you got to do is use the promo code THPN for this weekend's UFC event and download the top-rated book app. Now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA when the LA Lakers take on Denver. For every 1,000 people that bet over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 or, 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. So, yeah, uh, DraftKings is making it a lot of fun for a lot of sports fans out there because you can get in on the betting action. Hockey, UFC, like I just mentioned, there's a big UFC event coming up this weekend again. Uh, so get on there and sign up if you're not on sports, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Definitely use the promo code THPN. We'll bring it up again later in the episode to give you more information. But we're going to get into episode 17 right now, covering the Nashville Predators. They just got done losing to the Tampa Lightning. We're going to talk about also another team that the Predators share the uh, share Nashville with, and that's of course the Tennessee Titans. And so we're, a lot of our Predators fans, they're also Tennessee Titans fans. So we're going to kind of this has been a topic that's been brought up a lot in the past, and it's which team is closer to bringing that first professional uh, championship to the city. So we're going to get into that. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to take the Titans on that one, but I don't think it's that quite that simple. So that's going to be in a future uh, – that's going to be up in a segment later in the episode. And then, of course, we're also going to talk about are the Preds really – is it inevitable? Are we about to go into a rebuild? Like, is that just – the writing's on the wall. There's no way to avoid it. We'll get into that as well. That's going to be a tough se- segment. But we're going to get into that. So – uh Rich and Colin, they're actually both located north of Nashville. Uh, Colin's located in the Cincinnati area, and Rich is located in the Louisville area. And so they got some snow coming their way. Uh, 
Colin, let us know kind of what the snow forecast is going on. Yeah, we're up we're up to right we're up to around four inches or so. So it's a uh, it's a little bit of a crazy one for us. We usually usually we average around two two inches every storm or so, but this one's a little bit thicker and it's a little crazy. The roads aren't as prepared as they usually are. But Cincinnati, I'll say, from living in Nashville and Louisville and Cincinnati, Cincinnati handles it you know typically better than uh, Nashville would. Nashville, I know everybody kind of likes to hunker down and get the bread and milk and water and you know, panic a little bit. Well, there's not as much panic here, but there's definitely a lot of a lot of snow out there. So we're uh, enjoying the scenery for what it is. We got a pond out back, and it's been frozen over for about a couple weeks now. Um, and we might, uh, you know, if I might get the edge, I might go get, you know, get some skates or something, see if I can skate on go. the ice. But uh, we also yeah. have a lot of aggressive ducks back there too. Oh, wow. so avoid that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a, some winter oh, yeah. weather up here in the northern northern Cincinnati. Yeah, so we don't have any snow yet, but it's supposedly on the way. But um since it's louisville like i was telling you guys earlier it could be 60 degrees tomorrow it could snow tomorrow or it could be 60 degrees we just don't know what's going to happen um it I, I mean we haven't it snowed a couple times so far this year but it melts in like two hours and i don't i haven't seen a big snow in several years so i don't know what's going on it's that ohio river so i can uh i can go and give you this cutting edge weather report down here in nashville no snow no snow. No. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take a weather expert to know that. Uh, there's like, and then when it does snow, it's just splat and it melts. Uh, we're like in this force field down here in Nashville. And anyone who's yeah. lived in Nashville, I mean, it's like the snow could be coming like a line just coming right yep. for you. And it always like somehow it dodges Nashville. So it's probably a good thing because when Nashville even deals with an inch of snow, it's basically uh, the apocalypse. So um, <laughs> uh, when Colin says there's four inches of snow on the ground in Cincinnati, it's probably a good thing that's not happening here because I'm not stocked up on the refrigerator right now with food. So that would be a bad thing. So, so you have uh, to go, I, go get the, what is it everybody buys? They buy eggs, milk, milk and bread. And I've never understood the, and I've never well, understood the bread and milk argument. Like, I'm is that really you. what you want to survive on? I'm going to help you right here. They get okay. bread milk and eggs i'm okay with french eggs toast. that makes sense french okay. toast it's all the ingredients for french toast so we're gonna so, live off french toast right now uh if the apocalypse right. comes okay good to know yep. Yep. rich is helping me out on the uh, apocalypse if it comes uh, uh french food. toast is all i gotta live off of i do mm-hmm. like french toast though so that's hey, i mean that's what i'm not that's, that's i'm not mad about that maybe get yep. some all beer right. for good measure but that's just me oh yeah definitely that's a good one yeah <laughs> beer right. and french so toast. uh so the Preds are perfect segue here because the Preds might be entering their own little apocalypse of this season right now, just because, I mean, of what's going on. I mean, I'm going to call it like it is right now, just to get this uh, reaction started to what just happened. The Preds just lost Bay lightning. It was a product of they c- couldn't get any offense generated against them. I mean, watching this game, so this is the third game they've played against the Tampa Bay lightning this season. And, I mean, it just came more and more clear that Tampa Bay is so much vastly superior to what the Predators have right now. And then you throw in uh, you throw in Ryan Johansson, who's not in the lineup, which, you know, Ryan Johansson's gotten a lot of criticism, rightfully so, some of it. But still, missing him out of the lineup's huge for that top six. Matias Eckholm's having a baby. His wife went into labor, so he unexpectedly missed the game. Of course, we're all happy for him because that's that's way above 
way above the game. So we're so happy yep. for Matias Ekholm. But him not being in the lineup is a huge miss as well. And then, of course, uh, Luke Cunning was also not in the lineup. And so uh, you're missing those three players. Uh, so that's – and you're already – even if you have those three players, on paper, the Tampa Bay Lightning are, in my opinion, they're a vastly superior team. I, I don't know, guys. How do you feel about it? In that matchup on paper, maybe, Colin, how do you feel yeah. about it? Like, do you think the gap is that wide between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Nashville Predators? It's hard to say. I mean, uh, first guy I got to shout out, you know, Matthias Eichholm, because now we know what he was doing during quarantine. But congratulations to them. Uh, <laughs> it's what yeah. all of them were doing. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Apparently. But, you know, I'm happy for them. But, you know, even on paper, yeah, they should have. Honestly, I think I'm kind of surprised that we weren't beat worse, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, to be, to be like, you know, to go kind of through everything, as far as the game goes, it really wasn't. It ended 4-1, but it could have ended 2-1. You know, it was one of those games where, we hung in there defensively, and that's all well and good, but you got to generate offense. And so, you know, for missing the guys that were missing, I feel like, you know, we did all right, but at the same time, like, that offense has to come from somewhere. And, you know, I said it in the, in the Predlines writers group that, I mean, the offense is as spicy as white rice. Like, there's just nothing happening, you know, that offense. And, you know, there, there's no, there was no challenge in front of that goalie tonight. I mean, he, it's, it's not going to didn't have to do anything special to beat us. There were a couple of good saves, but it wasn't anything like, oh, my gosh there were times where we had bad puck luck. I mean, that last year, that last little series where it's like, how did a puck not go in? That's mind blowing. And that happens, but I mean, you know, puck luck, bad puck luck happens, but at the same time, we didn't generate anything much in front of that before that. So, Hey, time out Colin real quick before we go to rich. Cause I want to get Rich's thoughts. Is it, have you guys seen the hangover, the series? Yeah. Hangover one, two, three. I think I've seen so when you say, So in hangover two, the Stewie's he's getting ready to marry the uh, the daughter and the uh, the dad who's uh, from Thailand or whatever. Basically, compares Stu to a very bland, milky white rice <laughs> that you yeah. feed like older people and stuff and children. You just sparked it. I think that's what the Preds are. They're very bland white rice that can kind of like give you the nutritional value you might need, but they're not going to be flashy. They're not going to blow you away. And that's kind of what no. we saw tonight. Let's be honest. I'm sorry, but, but Hangover Two is a good movie too. But I, I will say, at least, at least Stu, you know, Stu said he's got a demon in him. You know, we don't have any kind of demon in us at all. <laughs> right. So you know, that, that, oh, that's yeah. kind of where I stand on there that. Is, I'd say if we do, if we do have a little bit of you know a demon, a little bit of a spark on that offense, it's you know from the younger guys. I mean, Olivier, uh, McCarron, and uh, Trenin tonight, and Tolvanen. I mean, those guys were the ones that were contributing the most as far as at least creating opportunities. You know, from shots on goal to just shots in front of that, putting pucks in front of the net. And then Tolman, that guy, that that is our future if we choose to build around it. You look at he's raw, but man, that that shot release, I I watched. I was like, I've not seen that all year. Like that is just a smooth. He ignited shot. the offense when he came oh, he in. Did. He ignited the offense. He did, mm-hmm. and, and so you know, it's like okay, if those are the guys that are, are going to produce. They look hungrier than the veterans. I mean, anybody yeah. else that's coming in outside of Forsberg, maybe I think Duchesne's trying. I, I really do. I think, and it showed up in some of his game, but. He's had some bad luck. You know, Fabro has had yeah. some bad luck. Finally got a goal that didn't hit a post. So that's nice to see. Uh, RV, I mean, it's just – it's hard He's to watch. Man. It's yeah. hard. It's it's painful because I love the guy, but he just can't get it going. And so – and then as far as the additions go, I mean, I don't want to go there. I have nothing nice to say right now. Let's go to – Other than Cousins fighting. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Rich. Rich, kind of give us some of your – what you're really pulling from the game tonight. Well, one thing that – I pulled from the game is these referees are horrible. Oh. Um, I don't, 
I don't know, like I'm not a, 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 a up on all the rules, I guess, but I think if you take your stick and hit somebody in the face right in front of the referee, that's a penalty. And yeah, and Chris again, Mason called that one out. Chris Mason yeah. was on top of that on the Fox Sports Tennessee yeah. uh, broadcast. Yeah, so as far as their play, I mean, it's – I feel like a broken record. We've talked about this every podcast except for the one when they beat Florida. We were really – happy about that one, yeah. but it's, it's, it's just the same thing. You know, they had, you know, Ekholm being out, it hurts them. Obviously they moved Tenorti up to play with Fabro and then, you know, having Johansson out, I mean, it's good or bad depending on what you, how you look at it, but it's just, they're, they're just off. They, they can't pass the puck. They can't get shots. I love Victor Arvidsson, but he just keeps shooting it right into the chest of the goaltender. Yeah. And it's also good to note um, their goaltender hasn't played since March. So, nope. I mean. Well, one thing about the Preds, and this has been a running joke, but it's starting to not become a joke. It's actually starting to become a reality. Is we know how to make uh, backup goaltenders look like Vesna goaltenders. Absolutely. And it's just, Which, I mean, they, they, show, they show these flashes of brilliance and we see it like, I go back to the Florida game. I mean, they would when they are clicking, they are clicking. But when it goes south, it goes yeah. south quick, and they just—I mean, well, let's be let's be honest. They really didn't test Tampa Bay's goaltender McElhaney. They no. really didn't test him that much. I mean, hey, yeah. I mean, he ended up having a good game. He only gave up one goal. So if you're a Tampa Bay fan right now, you're still pleased with that. But absolutely, I mean, the Preds really did not test him. They they started to get some pressure there towards the end, and they started to kind of find their groove a little bit and they, you know, but it was, yeah. I mean, they could have made any goaltender look good tonight. I mean, yeah. he really wasn't tested that much. And they had yeah, 13 yeah. shots on goal well, deep the into that, the third period. Yeah. The two, the two that got in that they did score though. I mean, those are, I don't, I don't know. Those guys are skilled, but I mean, that just seems unbelievable. That guy could score from the exact same spot twice. It's just, I don't. I mean, it, it's very, the, the, yeah, the, you're talking about from uh, Cervelli? Yeah, yeah, Cervelli. From, the, from the side of the net like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, like, they were, they were, I will argue that, that first goal, I, I think Pekka maybe fell asleep a little bit on that goal. Yeah. But at the same time, that is such a sharp angle where he right. shot from. Yeah. It, it was a crazy goal for sure. But at the yeah. same time, Rene probably is looking back on that goal and thinking, man, like maybe I'll let that one get past me a little bit. I should maybe sh- should have been more on 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 tune with the fact that he can still shoot from that angle, and that's what he did. Yeah. He did, he figured out a way to get that goal in. That broke broke the scoring open, actually. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. Kudos kudos to Pecorino. You know, oh yeah, like if he if it wasn't off. for him, if it wasn't for him, these games would be seven to two, seven to yeah. one. They would they. They'd kill him. I mean, he's he. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm really proud of him for stepping up and like everybody. You know, we, we even us. We've all talked about Saros is going to be the starter, but he's just not ready to give up his spot yet. I think no. it's it's good to see him playing that way. Playing no, that well. I, I don't pin this one on Peck at all. I think it, you know, yeah, he had a decent game, other than just you know, he kind of gave, like you say, he kind of fell asleep at the wheel there. But like that's just it's one of those fluky goals. I yeah. will say though, my concern though, looking at this game and just the the general. You know, body of work that we have now to see, like every time we seem to have some sort of you know, offensive explosion, it's predicated on Forsberg, like, and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of granny mixed in, but outside of Forsberg and, and, you know, really that's it. Like we haven't seen much in terms of our offense. We've had a couple, you know, cousins has a goal here and there. Fabra gets that power play goal. 
Granny's had some action. Duchesne's getting better, but it's either Forsberg or Bus. And if he's not having mm-hmm. that kind of night, like the people can take him out. That's one player, and people can you know teams can plan for that. They can they can negate him, and if they do, then we see what we see tonight, where there's just nothing there. So mm-hmm. that, that gives me a well, lot of concern. Let's uh, let's talk about Ellie Tolvanen for a second, though, because he we we kind of brought this up earlier in the episode. He he had kind of ignited things, like when they got on the power play there, and, and you know Dante Fabro ends up getting credit for that goal, but hey, Tolvanen was making things happen to keep yeah. the puck in the zone. At this point, it's two zero. Uh, Tampa's leading. It's starting to feel like the Preds are going to be lucky to even score one goal at this point. Mm-hmm. And Tolvanen's like battling. He had a couple of good looks at the net. And then uh, all the credit goes to Fa- uh, to Fabro for getting that goal in. He slapped it home, and that was a pretty goal from Fabro. So you really love to see that. But um, Tolvanen, man, he he's looking very comfortable. He, he's evolved this game. Like he, I mean, you look back to when he first came back out. You know, after he had that run of Joker, it and it was like, all right, he's just not big enough yet. He's going to get there. Like you can see the speed, you can see the skill, but he just doesn't have the size to compete. He looks – he has the size now. He's put on some muscle. Mm-hmm. He's at his growth spurt, I guess, if you want to say that. But, like, the dude has been, you know, able to stay in there. And if people beat him off the puck, he gets the puck back. He he fights. He, he's, you know, he's not getting pushed around by any stretch of the imagination. And then he's creating some opportunities. And the thing about it is that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I said earlier, he's very raw. But, like, he's not really a creator. And to see him create was interesting to see because he's more of an executor. And, I mean, when he, when he has his shot and he can hit that release, like, it's fun to watch, but he, he definitely was kind of the bright light, but it's just like he, him and Forsberg and, and even Granny and Deshane, they need more coming from elsewhere. Like we can't just le- rely on, on those guys. And, and they have a young line. I'm proud of them for doing well. I kind of want to see more youth movement. They're the ones that have shown us spark, or at least they show, they show more attitude. That's just what we need mm-hmm. to see at this point, if it's going to be interesting at all. So, yeah. yeah. And also, uh, so to start the game, uh, Matthew Olivier, Olivier just drops the gloves and goes with Luke Shen, and he won that fight. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he busted him open, too. Yeah. If, if we're judging by fights, hey, we got some fighters on this team. We'll, we'll, yeah, that, we'll go ahead that, and do that. That fourth line of McCarron and uh, Olivier and Trenton, man, that's that's some big boys right there. Right? Yeah. And, and hey, it, it's always fun to see the uh, the bench actually erupt yeah. with the stick yeah. taps as well. And they, they kind of flashed over to the Preds bench, and they were – they were they had some smiles on their faces. Mm-hmm. They were stick tapping. They they know, you know, these, these hockey players, they know when a fight went went their way. And so Olivier, I mean, obviously you want to start winning some games and fighting isn't gonna really get you mm-hmm. wins, but I mean Olivier, man, this dude just doesn't take anything from no, anybody. He, I mean, he's a grinder too. Like that's the thing is we gotta appreciate the fact that like yeah, he gets some fights and he can he can bloody some people up. I, I call him the Bushlight stepdad, but he, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he's he's a he's you know he's gritty, but at the same time he's also not going to be one of those players that you know I, I don't consider him like an Austin Watson where there, there's a lot of liability to him. He plays pretty good defense, he plays pretty good offense. He's got a lot of potential, but he also can kick some people's asses. So yeah. pardon pardon my language, but you know it's it's fun to see because yeah. we need some sort of spark, and he's he kind of provides that. Um, but you know, th- those are big boys, but they're also pretty quick too. I, I kind of yep. surprised me watching that fourth line, the way they scoot around the ice, they, they can move. So uh, maybe there's hope there. An- another player to highlight that I thought had a really good game because even in the losses, I still think it's important to highlight the players who played well, you know, we, we, you know, we lost four to one. So it's easy to focus on the negative, but, uh, another player that really stood out to me that I thought had a really good game and I was really 
happy to see the production he brought was Mark Borowiecki. Mm -hmm. I thought that he blocked some really critical shots. I thought he was in the right place at the right time. He was making the necessary hits. Uh, I know for a fact he made a couple really critical block shots to save Pecorine from having to make a really tough save. So I want to I want to really mention him for having a good game. Uh, Forsberg was, you know, kept in check a little bit by his standards. Uh, he had he had five shots on goal according to the box score, but uh, for the most part he was kind of kept in check by his standards. Um, but I mean, you know, even Roman Yossi, I thought he was quarterbacking the team. He was doing everything he could to put his line mates in the right position to score. Uh, Roman Yossi is another player where if you just gloss over the stats and you're not really deep diving into it, you're like, what's wrong with Roman Yossi right now? And, uh, you know, we all write for Predlines.com on the fan side of the network, and I, I put out an editorial today talking about, you know, what's going on with Roman Yossi. Is it something more serious than it really is? And I you know, I basically said, like, yeah, he's, he's behind his efficiency efficiency level from last season where he won the Norris trophy, but he's still performing the same way he always performs. It's just, it's not necessarily turning to goals and assists this season so far, but he was quarterbacking the team tonight. Did you guys see the same thing? Uh, Rich, did you kind of see Roman Yossi out there kind of doing the same things? what did you see from him? Yeah, definitely at the end. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's still trying to carry the puck in and just like you said, quarterbacking. And that's what, that's what he should be doing. And, yeah. you know, we, He's not getting any goals, but, you know, he's doing all the other little things to try to set everybody else up, and that's what – I mean, that's exactly what he should be doing. So, I mean, I, we want to see him take over some games like he used to, but, you know, this team's just not built like that anymore, and we might exactly. not see that ever again. So, you know, we just, well, I think, just don't know. And his play is predicated on people being able to finish what he sets up for him. Exactly. And we just don't have that right now. I mean, Mm-mm. and I, and I got to, like you said, I got to give him credit. Like it doesn't show up in the stat box, but his entries are pretty good. His passes are crisp. It's just that people are whiffing on shots or they're making an extra pass that's not needed or the shot is just not, it's just not a good shot. It's just, you know, it's right into the chest or something along those lines. I, I do like the fact that you mentioned, you know, Borough because not mm-hmm. only did he have some really key blocks, he played a clean game. I think if he stays out of the box, that gives us a better chance of, you know, winning the game. And so credit to him, but, you know, both of them, considering they're both defensemen, it's crazy to think that none of our defensemen have scored on five on five. Yeah, They've crazy. only scored on the power play. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you got to think for guys like Yossi, especially, and even Fabro too, and you know, possibly Ekholm and Ellis, like eventually they've got to, that's the guy even out. They've got to get some scoring on five on five. But I mean, at the same time, Yossi needs, needs guys in front of him to either screen or, you know, do something. Cause it's just yeah. like, you feel bad for the guy. He, he tries his tries and, Guys just kind of let him down. And, and I think they got so bad too. And for all the analytics people out there, they know this. Uh, Yossi's actually having a really good season, anal- analytically speaking. And I know there is a uh, there's a time and a place for analytics and just the eye test, and I get all that. But anal- analytically speaking, Yossi's having just the same season he had last season. They're just they're not translating necessarily to points, goals, and assists, which is going to happen in hockey. Mm-hmm. Hockey is a very weird sport. And uh, you see that floating around a lot these days. Hockey is weird, and it is weird. And for Yossi, if you really want to look into his numbers, he's actually having the same impact he's always had on the Preds. But like Rich just said, it's a very different team from last season. Yeah, A lot of new players, not necessarily all younger players. It's not that youth movement, which we're going to kind of talk about this whole Mm -hmm. quote-unquote youth movement when we get into our uh, segment talking about this whole possibility of a rebuild, which is coming up a l- a later in this episode. 
But uh, when it comes back to Yossi, he's he's having a career high season when it comes to Corsi right now. So he's he's controlling possession. He's making things happen for his for his line for his line mates. But right now, for whatever reason, and it's it's a lot of different factors. It's not translating, and so that's just the way it goes right now. Uh, hockey's one of those sports where it's not like basketball, where one player can get the ball, dribble down the court, and and go all James Harden or LeBron James <laughs> and take over a fourth quarter. It's just not that simple. But yeah. it, Roman Yossi is the basketball equivalent or the hockey equivalent to being a LeBron James or a Roman Yossi or or a not Rome, uh, LeBron James or James or one of those players that can take over, but in hockey, it's so much different. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm getting at there, but he's still having a really strong year. So I did want to make sure I mentioned Roman Yossi, just because you look at his numbers, it looks like he's struggling badly, but he's really not. I mean, yeah. yeah. But so the Preds take another loss. They're now five, seven and O on the season. So they're just slipping further back in a very competitive central division. How about the Chicago Blackhawks? They right. just keep climbing up the standings right now. Bizarre, and so yeah, that's so another team that's another team that's right there in the mix now. Yeah, so the Predators are in sixth place, I believe. How did they Maybe. move up? Uh, they we're, were seventh. Going no, we're seventh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm reading wrong. They're in seventh. <laughs> Dallas is in sixth, though. Like you said, yeah. they're they're just uh dropping down a little bit, but the but but the point differential is two for them. And then like to Chicago, they've got 14 points now, so I don't know. Maybe they're turning it around. So, All right, so you're uh, listening to episode 17 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. Again, go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and download the app there and use the promo code THPN to get in on all the sports betting action out there. Let's go to our next segment, and that is the harsh reality that the Preds are probably heading into a rebuild. You can kind of call this past offseason a mini rebuild. That's what a lot of people tagged it as. And I mean, yeah, we're 12 games in, a lot can happen, but the writing's kind of on the wall. It seems like this uh mini rebuild hasn't made them any different than what they were last season. And you can already pretty much argue they're not they're even further back than they were last season. Like I don't know, I don't, you know, judging all off the results from the first 12 games, they might have even went back even further based on these offseason moves. That that could be a remain to be seen, but but as of now, it doesn't look good. So let's let, let's tackle this harsh reality right now, guys. Of are we about to go into a full on rebuild? Very similar to what the Red Wings have gone through. Very similar to what the Blackhawks have gone through. Um, is that what we're entering, guys? Like I don't know who wants to start off first on that one. Well, I'll, I'll kick it off. I, I think that you know. If we were to truly rebuild, like you look at our prospects, our prospect pool is our well is not as dry as we once thought it was. Um, there's a lot of good players coming up that are in the area that are, you know, they're, they're going to be good in two to three years, and so it depends on how long you want that rebuild to be. Because if it's a true rebuild, it's going to be probably three or four years before we're back up to competitive level. But then you look at the prospects and the and the, the you know, developmental leagues that they're in, and you know, guys on the OHL and the AHL, they've had really successful years the past few years. And so it's like, okay, eventually that's got to translate to them getting up to the NHL and bringing that success with them, you know, with that, that just that mindset and that mentality where they can hopefully avoid getting some bad habits. And that's kind of what leads me into my next part about I'm worried about the players we do have that are young that are seeing the team as it is right now and hoping that they don't pick up bad habits. But I think the part of that falls on coaching. I, I really am in this place of I, I'm still not comfortable at all with John Hines. I don't want to say fire him yet, 
but you know, from he's kind of living up to what my expectations were in terms of, you know, instead of going with an interim coach, we decided to hire a guy, hired a guy with a losing record, and we're kind of seeing that he is what he is. It's kind of going back to that old predator hockey where it's like either you know we got to have a defensive you know team and win it you know two to one or you know one nothing and it's not fun to watch but you know it is what it is or you know we gotta we gotta figure out something but at the same time that you look at the coaching you look at the players and the personnel that are on the team uh and one of our writers uh max greenberg for Predlines, he sent us a tweet that is from a uh, govertime g-o-v-e-r-t-i-m-e um but he's kind of breaking down the personnel of you know johansson five times 60 point score duchene three-time 60-point scorer, Forsberg, two-time 30-goal scorer, Arvidsson, two-time 30-goal scorer, Granlin, two-time 65-point scorer, Halla is a former 55-point scorer, Yossi is a five-time 50-point scorer. Like, the personnel doesn't feel like the issue. It feels like there's a system flaw to what we're seeing right now. And granted, that's only, you know, that's only a sample of seven guys. But at some point, you got to look at the GM and you got to look at the coaching. Uh, I think we've had some whiffs, especially when it comes to the older player acquisitions, uh, you know, like Kyle Turris, who just didn't pan out, didn't live up to the contract. Like, you know, uh, some of the guys we're seeing this year, whether it be Hala, um, even Conan, who I know he's been injured and had some, you know, some, some trouble there. But, you know, we're just not seeing the older players that we acquire from, or even Wayne Simmons, you know, thinking about back to him. Like, that was just a, a kind of a waste of time. Um, but and then you also see some of these players that are going away and, and doing well, Colin Blackwell, uh, Smitty, uh, Fiala even had a decent year, a uh, decent couple seasons once he's left the Preds. And so it's like, all right, it feels less like a coaching issue uh, or it feels like less like a personnel issue, more like a coaching and more like a GM who hasn't put pieces around these cornerstone pieces that could be, you know, successful uh, if surrounded by talent and, and the scouting, you know, has to be there too. So as far as a rebuild, I would say, I think we're a little bit a ways away. I, mean, I don't want to commit to that yet. I, I want to get to at least, you know, probably 50% of the season where I can make up my mind and say, this is what it is. It feels like it is what it is, but We've also seen teams that start slow, and even you know, you look at the, uh, you know, the Dallas Stars and, and St. Louis a couple of years ago, like they had slow yeah. starts and they turned it around. Yeah, it, it's not as long a season, so that window is, is much yeah. tighter. That's that's the problem. But, but we're we're you know we're at that point where we have to either see that transition happen sooner or later. So, but we're yeah. also here, here's where I put a pause to the whole. Okay, we, we've seen teams start slow in the past. Here's the thing: the underlying problems I'm seeing with the Preds right now are issues I don't know if they can be fixed within a season. Yeah. They they might find some fortunate luck and and reel off four or five wins in a row and get right back into that uh number 4 spot conversation because we all know this division race is going to be crazy down to the end. And yeah. so, you know, playing all division schedule, you can make up ground really quick. That's the big thing here that no one's really talking about. Yeah. You can make up ground so quick this season if you just reel off a five- or six-game winning streak because you're playing all-division teams. So there is that hope there. But the problem I have and the reason why I'm like, this is not going to be corrected within this season is you see these underlying problems. And it's a – I mean, it's it, it could be coaching and personnel. I think it's a little bit of both, mm-hmm. honestly. I think yeah. it's David Poyle – Made, made, made some bad moves over the offseason. And if he was honest in an interview, I think he would come out and say, yeah. And it's always hindsight 2020. I'm not piling on the guy. He is a he's a Hall of Famer. He's a great GM. I'm so thankful that he uh, was the GM for the Predators because the Predators wouldn't even be what they are now if not for him. Yeah. So I'm not taking anything away from David Poyle. But, you know, he's human and he made some bad moves recently. 
Well, I think and, it goes back to you know his tenure. He's been with the team since the beginning. Hockey has evolved, and I just don't know that he's necessarily evolved. That's a good point. Valuation ability since then. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's also it's snowballed from 2017. You know, they had the hopes of of getting back to the Stanley Cup when they didn't win it, and it's just each year progresses as as it moves along. The the problems just keep getting bigger and bigger, and I think it's just to a point now to where something's got to give. I mean, so they replaced they replaced Peter Laviolette. The, the team was struggling. You know, they brought in Hines, which everybody was kind of like a little baffled that they brought him in, but we were kind of like, okay, let's go with it, you know. And then to give him, you know, a fair shake, he still hasn't gotten a full training camp. But, you know, they replaced the assistant coaches. They left Dan Lambeer for some reason. We don't know why. And it's just – I think it's like Chad said, it's a, it's a combination of personnel and coaching. I just don't think – I don't know. I don't have a good feeling that it's going to get solved. And I think if they don't start winning within the next two or three weeks, it's just going to be so oh, two, two or three out. weeks is going to be way too late. I was going to add, you know, if there's a season where, you know, you kind of want to take your licks and just move on and, and get a good draft pick if you can, especially with the lottery being what it is. It might be this season. You know, I'd rather endure this in a 56-game season as much as I hate to say it. I'd rather endure it in a 56-game season versus an 82-game season where it's even longer yeah. and more painful. So if we're, if we're going to get in that position where we can finally – because we've always been, you know, middle or upper rounds of, of the draft. It'd be nice to get in that lower end where we can get some, you know, some elite talent that we – I think we lack a little bit of. We need to at least yeah. see some of it. So – this is the season to do it. And, and I mean, hey, we're not throwing in the white flag here. We're not no. saying that the Preds no. – the season's over. Don't watch the Preds. It's all – all hope is – is lost or anything like that. But I mean, you kind of have to like look yourself in the mirror for a little bit here and, and think, okay, the, there, there, there's a pretty serious personnel gap on paper between the Preds and definitely the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's been pay, painfully obvious yeah. in the three matchups with them. And then even the Dallas Stars, even though the second game of that back-to-back was – or that second game of that series was a little closer, uh, still – Pretty big talent gap there. And then we have to wait and see what we're going to look like against Carolina because we've only played them once. Uh, and then you got Florida, who we just played. So, I mean, it's just like – it's like the schedule's not going to let up. You know, no, we got Detroit coming up later this week, but Detroit's pushing people. So, that's going to be an interesting series to see how bad this can really get. Yep. If, so, if we if we lay a couple eggs against Detroit, then it's going to get – that's when it's really going to get um, ugly. Yeah, right. so the rest of the schedule for, for February is they got Detroit the four times, Dallas twice, and then Columbus three times. That's the next – the rest of, of yeah, February. I mean, so. And it's, it's going to come I, down to – I mean, if you really want to realistically think the Preds are going to somehow get a fourth spot in the division, they're going to have to dominate teams mm-hmm. like Detroit, Chicago, Columbus. And Colin has brought this up in future – in past episodes, I should say – and he's been spot on on it. He said eventually the Preds are going to have to have success against teams like Tampa Bay, yep. or this is all for naught, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, they might get they might get that fourth spot. We can say, oh, the Preds made the playoffs again, but we're so much we're so far past that achievement in Nashville as Preds fans to say, oh, we made the playoffs. I mean, fans don't really care about that anymore. It's nice to see it happen, but I mean, eventually the fans are going to have to realize, and a lot of them already do, judging off our Twitter responses through Predlines, through our own mm-hmm. accounts, through Facebook, all that stuff. Fans are already pretty much there. A lot of them are. They're yeah. like, hey, let's just rebuild. 
let's go ahead and and and, and just let it happen. Let's pull it like a Band-Aid and just <laughs> let it happen, you know? Well, and I, maybe maybe we should have pulled that Band-Aid before this season even started. Well, I think ownership's going to do some really you know serious evaluating of whether they want to do that sooner rather than later because the longer you wait on that, the, the harder it is to charge – ticket prices the way they have. I mean, the prices have gone up almost, what, 25 to 35% in the last, you know, three or four years since the cup run to the point where, you know, the, the casual fan used to be you can go to a game for, you know, 40 bucks a pop and, and still, you know, be able to afford some food and stuff like that. You can't do that anymore. No. And fan, that, that stadium has a reputation to uphold as far as being able to pack that stadium. You're not going to do it at the prices if, if this is the product you put on the ice. And so I think you almost have to evaluate, you know, sooner rather than later. But then it's like, okay, Who's reading that? Who's leading that rebuild? Is it time for Spoli to step down? Uh, if that's the case, do we trust his son, who's you know is cut from the same cloth? Um, I think there's a flaw, a lot of flaws in the scouting department. Uh, other than you know the youth talent scouts, I think as far as like the professional scouting, it's not been very good. So it's like you know where do we start and how quickly we start it? If but that's what we're gonna do. But here's the deal about the whole. I've liked what I've seen from the younger players this season. Oh no, the, the younger players aren't the problem. I think yeah, I mean they no. they they've went out there and they've battled. Like I haven't had a problem yeah. with what I've seen from them at all. Uh, they're doing what they can, and it kind of puts it back to the whole question you have to ask yourself going into the season. All we heard was youth movement. I mean, yep. it was all over. Yep. We're going in, and a lot of people were excited about it. There were a lot of people who were, who were willing to accept the consequences. Like, hey. We're going to use a lot of these younger, inexperienced players. We're going to deal with the consequences. We might not even make the playoffs. I think there's a lot of frustration right now, considering the fact that the Preds decided to go for one more year to try to make this right. And so they went out and made these, albeit very conservative moves. They didn't go out and make any crazy signings or anything like that, long-term deals. But, no, I mean, it's not presenting any results. So now people are looking back and thinking, why didn't you just – Go with the youth movement like you said you're going to do. We wouldn't be any worse off. And then you would also be getting that vital development from, you know, I'm going to throw another player out there who I really want to see on the Preds roster, and that's Rem Pitlick. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. That Rem dude's got that dude's got blazing speed. Oh, he he's, got a, he's got a lethal shot. He's, he's similar to Rocco Grimaldi in a way when I watch his tape, but he's even more offensively skilled than him. I mean, I know you can't just go full on young roster and just take all the veterans off. I'm not saying that, but there's a, there's I, some guys on the youth part of it though that could have filled in some of these roles of people that we got free agent wise. Yeah, I mean they're, they're the guys that does, deserve the opportunity. But part of me like thinks, you know, did we waste an opportunity when we had you know the the vacancy, uh, however brief it was, you know, and not to not look at the you know the Admirals coaching staff. Admirals were one of the best teams in the AHL. Mm-hmm. And that coaching staff knows these players. And so if we're going to put these players with the pieces we already have, why do we not name at least one of them maybe the interim, you know, general man yeah. or the interim coach and then see what happens. And so that's kind of my hope if we do go rebuild out, if we fire Hines, you know, I don't know what we do with Polly at this point. I'm not really, it's hard because Polly's some sentimental to us. I mean, he's the only GM we've ever had, well, but you know, if we, if we do go that route, I want to see someone from the Admirals get a chance because they've proven successful with them. Well, I don't, I don't, I see Hines making it into at least one more season after this season, but that's another segment we can bring up in a future episode for sure. Talking about John Hines, because it's one of those things where it's going to start caving in quickly Mm -hmm. just because, especially ever since that 2017 cup run for this team, when, when, when the team went to the Stanley cup that year, 
for better or worse, the, the expectations just exploded. And so that's why you see a lot of these fans, some of them rightfully so, they're 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 ticked off right now because they're yep. they got so fixated on that 2017 cup team. And there's there's been a lot of really awesome awesome responses we've gotten of, of fans ba- of fans basically saying, Hey, that 2017 cup run was a little misleading. Like we got hot at the right time, mm-hmm. barely even made it to the playoffs that year. Everyone thought it. Everyone thought it, we had no chance against the Chicago Blackhawks. And then the rest is history. You sweep the Blackhawks. You go on this crazy run. You lose to Sidney Crosby's Pittsburgh Penguins in a very controversial series, as it was. So you know now you find yourselves where you're at. But at the same time, we follow that up with the President's you know trophy. It wasn't yeah. like we had a dud of a season afterwards. So it's like that's where it started caving in. That Winnipeg Winnipeg Jet series is where it really caved in. Yep. Because that went to a game seven. Everyone thought the Preds were a better team than the Jets, even though the Jets were stacked. They had a lot of good players on that team. And that game seven was just like a stomp. Like the Preds just got steamrolled in that game. And it's like ever since that game seven, the Preds have never been the same. Nope. And so, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it happens to the best of the teams, and I think the Preds are there. I mean, the Preds haven't really gone on a full rebuild in a while. No. So, no, I think no. we're staring at that. You're still going to keep some of these core players. Of course, Roman Yossi is going to be – you got the expansion draft coming. That's That puts a whole other kink into it. We're going to talk about the expansion draft in future episodes as we get closer to it. But, of course, that changes everything. But this team is in so much flux right now, and it's – you're, that's why you're seeing some of these results you're seeing on the ice. I'm sorry, but this is not a team that's really – you just don't know what you're going to get out of them, and not in a good way. Yeah. Like it's, I think in a yeah. few weeks we're going to – if they like we've talked about, if they don't do something, we're going to be seeing the youth movement, whether we want it or not, because I just think they can't waste that opportunity to bring these guys in and give them some time. I mean, well, here's another thing, too, just to wrap up this segment. We're talking about a possible rebuild or a rebuild that we all kind of agree is probably inevitable right now. Uh, here's another thing about that, too. Even if – let's say the Preds lose tomorrow night again to Tampa Bay, and then they they get two wins against Detroit. They, get, they, they maybe restore some hope here. Let's say they even somehow get a fourth spot in, in – the division and get a playoff spot somehow. I mean, it's just, I I get that teams get hot in the playoffs. You ride the hot goaltender, all that can happen. I'm not taking that off the table, but realistically speaking right here, right now, what are the Preds really going to do? Even if they make it to the playoffs They're, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with the roster. We don't know what they're going to make at the trade deadline and all that stuff. But just speaking right now, you can't delay the inevitable any longer. Eventually this team's going to have to come to reality that they might need to just, you know, put it on the shelf for a season or two and start rebuilding this roster through the prospect rankings. There's a lot of prospects we all love on this show that we're ready to see right now. And that's why we're kind of mad about this whole false youth movement that hasn't really happened. We kind of saw the youth movement tonight, but it wasn't because of anything they really – did that made it do it on purpose it was just a product of injuries and unforeseen things but you know hypothetically if we get to that fourth spot then worst best case scenario 
we're looking at pick 15, very best case. I mean, that, yeah. that's the best we can do. So it's just like, you know, is it fruitful? No, I don't think so. I mean, I will say the kind of interesting fact in there is that if we did somehow make the playoffs, that's the highest finishing, you know, for, for Heinz team in his career. He's never had a team yeah. finished above fifth, which is kind of, it is what it is, but yeah. I guess what's a bad thing to look at, look at with, if they do rebuild is like, if they would have just made some changes here and there between 2017 and now, like if they go into a rebuild, the core guys that they're going to keep like Yossi, if Ellis winds up staying, you're wasting like prime years. Ellis is going to stay. Yeah. You're wasting prime years for those guys with a rebuild, you know, they'll, they'll win some games and stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame that those guys are going to get, Waste a few years. Let's kind of spin off into this. Uh, came up with a fun little hypothetical uh, game we're going to all play here. This is, again, the Catfish and Ice podcast. We're bringing you episode 17, presented by DraftKings, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Please follow us on Twitter, at Catfish Ice. So I got this fun little game, and it's basically you got to pick one or the other, and it's a hypothetical scenario. You can keep one player, one player's got to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through a list of different uh, – uh, two-player questions I got for you. And I'm going to start with Rich. I'll, sometimes I just like to start with Rich. I feel like Rich has got, like, some crazy things in his head right now. <laughs> and so I look at Rich over there, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good one for him. All right. So, Rich, right now it's completely hypothetically speaking, but you got to pick one, and one's got to go right now. Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson? You, gotta keep, you get to keep one, one's gone. Hmm. I'm going to keep Matt Duchesne. Oh, because man. I just Why think, is that? Yeah, I just think – I don't know. It seems like he I, – I don't want to say this mean or anything, but I think he just plays a little more intense than Johansson okay. does. Uh, Johansson seems like – It's a tough question. It is a very tough fair. question. But I, I don't know. I just – I feel like Duchesne plays his a little more intense game, and I don't, I don't know. I just – I like his game a little better than I do Johansson's. What about you, Colin? Uh, Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne, you got to get rid of one of them. It's tough for me because it feels like this is more of a Johansson down year, but the last year wasn't much better for him. Right. And you know, I want to go Johansson because he's younger. but They're very similar him. players too. Mm-hmm. They, they are. They're very similar type of game. I mean, uh, it's it's I'm, I'm going to go with Johansson just because he's younger. I think he can bounce back from the slump he's in. Um, not to say Duchesne can't either, uh, but when Joe, when Johansson's on, I mean, he's on. He's better than Duchesne. There's a reason he's our top-line center, um, and he's had, you know, he's looked better in, in career, when you look at his career, than I think Duchesne has. So that's kind All of right. why I'm out of Johansson. That's, that's All fair. right. So Rich went uh, Duchesne. Colin went, uh, Colin went Johansson. I'll be the tiebreaker here, and I would take Matt Duchesne. But it's also a very tough call for me. It's almost yeah. like – that's kind of why I came up with that first one because I'm like, that's a tough one. That you really got to think about that one. You got to yeah. pause for a second. All right, so that one's agreeably with all of us a tough one. All right, this next one, Colin, you're going to start this one off. Matthias Eckholm or Dante Fabro? Oh, wow. Hmm. And, of course, we're in a hypothetical bubble here. We're not going to get into – I mean, we can get into expansion draft and all that stuff. Yeah. But this is more of the fun of it, just like we're in a bubble – yeah. Pick no, one, I, lose one. My, my question is, have we, have we seen Ekholm's ceiling? Uh, you know, because I think that Ekholm, when he's, when he's good, he can be an all-star player. I think we've but, seen his ceiling. 
Yeah. He's a very he, underrated defenseman, though. He is, and he's, he's shown some all-star caliber play at times. Yes. But I think Fabro still, we don't we don't know. He, he looks really good at times, but then there's times where it's like, what are you doing, dude? You're um, basically betting on Fabro's future if you take Fabro. Yeah, and that's... Uh, you're not you're, not you're not really comparing them head to head right now. Yeah. No, no, yeah. You're betting that Fabro is going to take that next step eventually. I I would say Fabro. Yeah. I think I, I agree think with it, you. Yeah, I'm there with you. What about you, Rich? I'd take Ekholm. All right. I don't know. He just he's he's seems a little more tougher. I know Fabro could grow into that or whatever, but I like and 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 to be fair to Rich's yeah. point, Ekholm's got some years left in him. He's definitely not done. Yeah. Ekholm's yeah. one of those players that I could easily see. Because uh, you can only protect three defensemen in this upcoming expansion draft, and we're probably going to do a really big segment on this yep. in a future episode coming up not too long from now. But uh, for sure, Ekholm's one of those players where I could see the Seattle Kraken taking him if the Predators don't protect him. And yeah. I just I think the, this question between Ekholm and Fabro kind of what made me think about putting those two against each other is I think the Preds are realistically going to find themselves in that situation where yep. they're going to have to protect one and not protect one. And or or they could trade Ekholm at the trade. They could. They to, could. To, get you, for him, to get some value for him. Yes, and that could value. happen. And, that's, and that could absolutely happen. Yeah. But I think Ekholm's an easy choice that could be taken in the expansion draft if the Preds oh. don't protect him. Yeah. Uh, for some teams who are really struggling or an expansion mm-hmm. team who maybe doesn't have a defensive core yet, Ekholm could easily play on the top pairing for some easy. teams. Easily. So yeah. that was that was one I came up with. I got another one that's a little bit more in the bottom of the roster. Rich, you start with this one. Right. Rocco Grimaldi or Callie Yoncroft? Holy crap. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, I brought some tough ones here. We don't we don't take any breaks here on the Catfish yeah, Nice Podcast. We bring it tough here. Yeah. So I wrote an article about Callie Yoncroft before the season started. He is um, a very steady player. You know what you get with him. He's going to get you some points. Is he going to be a superstar? No. Is he hit his ceiling? Yeah. Uh, but you know what you're going to get. He's nice and steady. Rocco Grimaldi, he's quick. He's a fast skater. Um, he's tenacious. He's all over the place. His size hurts him. Oh, man, gosh, this is so hard. I guess for the steadiness, I would have to take Kelly Yonkrock over right. him. I, didn't, I, I thought you were going to take Grimaldi. You threw me well, off there. That sucks because I really – like, Garaldi's one of my favorite players, and I really hate to see him not getting to play right now. But just for the steadiness and the, the way the game Rich, is – Rich, 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 it's okay. You don't have to cry. This is all I'm make-believe. This is cry. all make-believe, Rich. This isn't really happening. This is, a, this is a sick game I created for Episode 17. This isn't it real, is. Rich. As if, as, if, as if we're not in enough pain, Chad. Come on. Like, you don't, you don't, <laughs> we don't have to lose Grimaldi or – like, we have them both, Rich. It's okay. Well, I think – I don't know. I think we're, we might lose some of them, so. You're right, though. Yeah. We're, we're preparing <laughs> ourselves for what might happen. That's yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah, All right, Colin. What do you I, have on those two? I got to go with – and, and yeah. Do I love Rocco? Of course. He's, he's, he is a, a just, you know, constantly goes and goes and goes. And you got to love the grind. Got to respect that. That being said, Callie Arncroft can play all three positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, like, I, you can't – you. it's hard to find a player, a forward that plays all three positions and, and can do so serviceably. And he not, moves you know, up all four lines. I mean, yeah. he can play on the top line if he's asked to. Yep. Yeah, and he can contribute. And so I, I got to go Arncroft just because right. the versatility and the utility of him. 
All right, so we're all in agreement there because I've also got Cali or Yarn Croak, but he's another player that's very realistically could be lost in the expansion draft. Yep. Yeah. If you go onto catfriendly.com, which catfriendly is where you should all be if you're into the contract stuff, catfriendly is awesome. You can actually do your own little expansion draft. You can have fun with it. You can like select which players you're going to pr- protect on the Preds roster and do your own. You can go into GM mode. You can put your GM hat on and have a lot of fun. So go to catfriendly. And when I was doing it, Yon Croak was one of those players where I'm like, you're the odd man out. I want to protect you, but I can't. Yep. I'm going to have yeah. to leave you unprotected. And so I think the Preds might find themselves in that situation. And that's another player where I could see the Seattle Kraken being like, we'll take him. If they don't, they're crazy. I mean, they will, he's, I he's mean it, it, it depends on who they pick before him, obviously. Yeah. If they've already filled out those types of roles, they might yeah. not. Watch but he's do. definitely a player where they can look at him and be like, we'll put you on mm-hmm. our power play unit for sure. Watch him go on the second line and get a 30-goal yeah. season. All right, I can <laughs> – I, I got two people. more. I got two more real quick, and they don't get any easier. I promise you. In fact, <laughs> I think they're gonna. The last one, I think that Rich might just fall out of his chair. <laughs> I think so I, I think already know what it so- is. Rich, do you have something soft to land on if you no, fall out of your chair on the I last one? What do you no. want to set up like a? Uh, I think I know uh, what like you're a, gonna do, but do you want to set up like a mattress, like a foam mattress to fall right. on or something? Yeah, well, I'm right. I'm a, I think right, I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. Well, I'll save the toughest one for last, but let's get, let's get into this one more, th- this other one real quick before the last one. Uh, Victor Arvidsson or Michael Granlund, uh, Rich? <laughs> I went first last time. All right. Sorry, okay. Colin, you go. Ooh, man. <laughs> this is uh, fun for me. This is really is fun. fun. You're Can sick. we do this every episode? You're uh, sick. I don't know about that. I think this is this is a one-and-done situation. <laughs> All right. Fair um, enough. Fair no, enough. That's pretty, pretty cool. I like it. Uh, I gotta go Granlin. I feel like he has more utility because when RV's not clicking, like where else is it coming from? When Granlin, he can still set up for assists. He he's still he's better on him, honestly, better on defense. No offense, RV. I gotta go Granny. It hurts me to say it because I love Arvidsson, but Arvidsson's just not there if he's not scoring goals. Yeah, I, I so, mean, yeah, I understand yeah. that. So I might have just had an epiphany about what's wrong with Arvidsson. So you remember last year. Uh, well, toward the end of last year, he got his teeth fixed. Oh, I think he needs to take those teeth out. I All think right. that's what's wrong with him. I think it's throwing off his balance. Well, oh. I mean, he he doesn't know. seem steady sometimes out there. I'll tell yeah, you, that. for I some mean, reason, he wants to skate to that to that board. Yep, and yep. just like fire away. And it's like, I mean, eventually some of those goals are going to go in. I think he's got two goals this yeah. season, but yeah. he's. I mean, when we're talking about his, I don't know what his shooting percentage sits at now, but I know going into like a couple of days ago. His shooting percentage was like a five percent. I mean, yeah. that's like for a player like Arvidsson, that's like mm-hmm. you have to like make sure that number is correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is so low for him, and so it is. So my pick, but, um, I would agree. I would probably have it hurts too. Is I'd take Granlin just because yeah. of like you said the utility. Um, I don't know. He just seems like he's a. A little bit faster skater. Arvidsson's really fast, but he's just like Granlin was all over the place tonight trying to make plays. And I just, I think that's who I would probably pick. I got, I got a rabbit hole theory for you. Maybe is the reason that we only signed Granlin to a one year deal because we didn't want it to be in a situation where we'd have to try to protect him and we can sign him again as a that's free a really agent. good point, actually. Well, yeah. Because he looks good and he, he kind of seems like he was part of the design almost all along. Like it, the way the talks came out, it seemed like he was always kind of meant to come back to Nashville. Granlin's, Granlin's doing pretty good when it comes to his quote unquote tryout to maybe get a long term deal. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all that is if he actually wants to I mean, we don't know if he wants to stay here after this season. I mean, yeah. he might he might decide I want to go somewhere else. We don't know that, but he's That's a whole other but, conversation about But when it when, but when it comes to the perspective from the Predators point of view, I would have to think that they like what they're seeing from him. Oh yeah. He's definitely not been a problem at all. Yeah. He's doing some good things. And so that's probably the, out of all the ones I've asked so far, that's probably the easiest one even though it's not super easy. But it, you know, some of these other ones. All right, the toughest one, guys. And Rich, I'm right. sorry, you got to start it off. Actually, I, no, it's no fun for me to start off because I'm at, I'm not going to ask myself. So no, Rich, you do have to start. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. The power goes into the person asking the question. So, all right, you ready for this one? Yep. Roman Yossi or Philip Forsberg? Oh my gosh. Who? And they're um, gone forever. They never come back to the Preds. I'm going to keep Roman Yossi. I just think I know what he can do and the way he carries. You're crying inside right now. I, can I tell. am a little bit. I'm, I've died a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's hard. That, that's really tough. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Philip Forsberg's amazing. He's a few steps. Like if he can just straighten out his game, he would be an elite forward. Yeah. I just, but I mean, Roman Yossi just puts his team on his back. He's done it several times and I just can't. I, I couldn't part with him. That would be tough. Yeah. So. Well, judging by how Colin was nodding oh, yeah. like crazy. I, well, here's the thing. We've, we talked about this in the Predlines writers before. You know, I love I love Stashberg. Like, that's that's my dude. Yep. I, love, I love everything about his game. He's had some really, you know, awesome moments this year. But is he – he's not an Ovechkin. He's not a McDavid. He's not a – you know, he's not he, – he's just not up there. He's a tier below that. Roman Yossi – Roman Yossi's elite. I mean, I mean, yep. you you don't win a Norris Trophy by not being just good enough or just great. He's elite, and so I think you know Yossi's the guy you got to keep. As much as I hate to say it, yeah, you know, Forsberg could be there at some point, and he is he's young. He still has time to grow yep. into that. But right now, Yossi's elite. He's shown us who he is, and he's he's the one of the best. If not, he is the best defender in the NHL right now. So yep. that's all, guy. And, and as hard as I think to round, I agree with both you guys on that one. I think the way to round out the segment and round out what both of you guys kind of just said about that is you can duplicate a Forsberg way easier than you can duplicate a Roman Yossi. That's true. Not to say that Phil Forsberg's growing trees or anything like that, but yeah, Roman Yossi's in like a whole nother stratosphere. He's in a whole nother. I mean, there's no other defenseman like him. Whereas Forsberg, there's plenty of players like him. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not you know, not to be disrespectful to Forsberg. Like I said, these these questions I came up with, they were they were designed to be really hard to answer. So losing the player that we didn't pick is not easy. No, definitely Forsberg, but you got to go yeah. Roman Yossi there because exactly. it's just he's not a player you duplicate very often. So, no, uh, agree with you guys on that one. So that's going to round out the rebuild section there. Uh, with those tough picks. If you're listening to the episode right now or you're watching uh, live on Twitter, send us kind of your thoughts on that segment. Would you – do you disagree with us? Would you take Forsberg over Yossi? Would you take Duchesne over Johansson? Would you take Ekholm over Fabro? We want to know those things. We love engaging with all of our followers, and we appreciate all of you. So if you're watching right now or if you watch later on or if you listen to the podcast episode uh, later on, then – Definitely let us know what you think about that segment. I got, I got an idea. Let's let's make those some polls on the yep. on the tenth because we got a day without Absolutely. hockey on, on Wednesday the tenth, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tweet those out. Yeah, we will tweet those out. Please vote on that. 
we'll have yep. a lot of fun and we'll talk about the results in the next episode for sure. Yep. yep. All right. So good call. We're going to round out episode 17 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. Go use that promo code THPN to get in on uh, the NBA action that's uh, coming up. Uh, LA and Denver are playing each other. You can bet the over. So use that promo code and win you some money there and have some fun betting on sports. And if you're not into basketball, you can bet on hockey. You can bet on, you can, if you're into some type of sports, you, you can find something to have fun with there. So definitely go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right. So our last, our last segment, we're based out of Nashville. It's a Nashville Predators podcast. A lot of our uh, Predators fans that watch the podcast, they are also naturally Titans fans. And uh, this question is a question I have asked myself plenty of times. It's been asked by other people plenty of times over the years. The Preds and the Titans came to Nashville basically at the same time. The Preds actually got to Nashville a little bit before the Titans, actually. Yep. Uh, they built the Nashville arena. It was like the big crowning jewel of the city at the time. You know, it, cha- it transformed Broadway. The way you see Broadway today in Nashville is because of the Preds and because of them moving into that arena, which is now Bridgestone Arena. But it's a really good question to ask yourself. Who is closer to winning that first league championship, professional championship in a major sport for the city of Nashville? And I don't think it's as easy as the question sounds because it's easy to pick the Titans right now because the Titans uh, in their own respective league are having more success. But I don't think it's that simple because you got the NFL and the NHL, two completely different sports, mm-hmm. two completely different paths to winning a championship. And that's why I think the question gets a little bit more complicated. So I'm going to give you my answer first. I think it's narrowly the Titans by slimmest margins. I don't think it's as straightforward. And the only reason I narrowly pick the Titans – is because I do think that they have fewer pieces to find for their team than what the Predators have to find. I think we just talked about it in the last segment. The Predators are likely looking at a rebuild, whereas the Titans aren't looking at a rebuild. The Titans are in that class where they're, they think they're one or two pieces away, especially on defense, of making another run at a Super Bowl in the next season. But I will say, I think the, Pre- I think the Titans have – tougher opponents to get past Mm -hmm. in their own respective league that makes this question a lot tougher to answer. Whereas I think the Preds in hockey, you can ride the hot goaltender uh, way different than you can can ride a hot quarterback. It just doesn't happen as much in the NFL. You are what you are normally in, in the NFL. You have a quarterback that's either elite like Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or one of them, or you don't. Whereas in hockey, you might not be that great of a team, but you get your hot goaltender at the right time, and then bam, yep. 2017. So, Rich, what what would you say? Well, you didn't put them on there. I would have maybe said Nashville SC. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, they're not on there, but you can say them. Yeah, I mean, they they, they played really well. Uh, Nashville SC is the real deal. They're good. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they played really well. I would have to agree with you on on the Titans. I guess I'm a casual NFL football fan. I, yeah. I kind of watch all of it. Yeah, uh, I don't have a specific team or whatever, but I just think it's a little easier. It just seems like it's a little easier to put pieces together on a football team 
to, to make a run for a Super Bowl. And you have to and win fewer it, games, obviously, too. You have to win fewer games. It's It just seems like it's easier to I put mean, the path, the path to winning a Stanley Cup is insane. It's hard. It's I mean, very hard. Four-game series right in the first round, like it's like – Yeah. I mean, you've got teams who sometimes it takes seven games just to get through the first round. Yeah, and it's yeah, like exactly. it's just it, it's a brutal path to the yeah. championship. So that's a really if, good point. And if you can get a if you can get a, a good football team buzzing and playing well, then you know you have a chance to win a lot of games. But you guys know with hockey, like pretty much any team can beat any other team on any given night. So yep. it's just kind of seems like it's a harder path. So I, I'd probably have to go Titans. All right. See, I almost think I don't know. I think there's a bigger margin for error in the NFL, even though it feels like it might be for hockey, just because. Let's say you look at the Titans. Let's say Ryan Tannehill, who I did not give enough credit for. He looks very good, has played very well with that system. But let's say he gets injured or Derrick Henry gets injured. Mm-hmm. That offense doesn't click the way it does. I mean, let's Absolutely. just be honest. Yeah. Whereas with the Predators, you know, we lose Ryan Johansson. We're not really seeing a drop off. You know, we lose even you know, Matt Duchesne or Philip Forsberg. We saw what the cup run. Like we lost Ryan Johansson. We lost mm-hmm. Craig, uh, uh, Mike Fisher. And we still we went deep into the, into the, uh, the run. And, you know, it's just – it can be done because it's, like you said, any team in hockey can kind of get hot. I mean, shoot, we could get hot at any point in this season and, you know, we might be having a conversation. I will say the, the where I give the Titans a little bit of, a, you know, an edge is their coach said that he would cut his junk off for a championship. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard John Hines I haven't heard say, Hines that. say that yet. So, you know, it's, yeah. I, I question his commitment to a championship. Yeah. But I kind of – You got to literally put it all out there. You do. John Hines, and Vrabel John Hines. said that. John Hines yeah. would go, I would cut off Dan Lambert's junk to win the championship. <laughs> yeah, he'll put <laughs> someone else on the line, yeah. There you go, there you go. But, All yeah, right. I, I got to give the slight edge to the Predators on that, actually on that one. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's All cool. right, so me and Rich went Titans slightly. So it's – it's clo- I guess it's my close. point is it's closer than what the optics yeah. appear to be. Yes. It's, it's easy to pick the Titans. So I did put a poll out on Twitter and got a lot of uh, votes on it, which was awesome. And uh, 141 votes – and it came out 75-25 in favor of the Titans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to give some love to this uh, person who responded to the tweet. He is uh, entitled the official Ryan Ellis Stan. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. So this guy is all about <laughs> Ryan Ellis, which there's a lot of Ryan Ellis fans out there. There are. Uh, he – well, it, it, I guess it could be a woman, too. Uh, we don't really know. We don't know. But either is it, way – is it CJ's burner account? We're just gonna say the it might be Ryan Ellis's burner account. We don't it, know. No, it's, C, it's CJ, our president. Oh, 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 yeah. our, uh, our minor league correspondent for predlines.com. This might be him. It, yeah. That's very, very, very true. Uh, but anyway, this mysterious person who is a big Ryan Ellis fan said the Preds are out of their championship window. It's time to rebuild. The Titans just need a competent defense and we'll be making a Super Bowl run in no time. All we need are some defensive players and who know how to play defense. And so, uh, I mean, solid point there. Yeah. And then he also came out and said, I don't see the 2020-21 Preds doing anything in the playoffs. They suck. (laughs) All you have to do in football (laughs) – is when four playoff games and your Super Bowl champs. A lot harder to do that in hockey, plus the Titans have a better roster than the Preds. So clearly not feeling strong about the Preds right now, which is fair we, enough. Totally understandable. Not, 
everybody's mad about the Preds. That's why your poll might be a little skewed. They're like, they're, <laughs> so no thank, they're never going to win. Thank you to the Ryan Ellis Stan account for yeah, uh, awesome. whether it's Ryan Ellis's burner or whether it's CJ, our buddy, or whoever mm-hmm. it is, we appreciate you uh, responding to the poll there. So the uh, Nashville desperately needs a professional championship. I can tell you that these people mm-hmm. are huge sports fans way before the Preds and the Titans ever came to Nashville. People had their, um, affiliations to certain teams. That's why when you go to a Titans or Preds game, a lot of times, especially a Titans game, uh, a lot of times you'll see local Nashville natives wear the away team's uniform because it's like, sorry for your luck. I grew up a Steelers fan. Don't know what to tell you. Or I grew up a Bengals fan or I grew up whatever team it can be. I'm a transplant from that city. I didn't change my affiliation just because the Titans came here. And so you see that a lot, but, um, I think it's slightly in favor of the Titans, but Colin went Preds. So, um, anything else you guys got to wrap up episode 17? No, just please, please let them win tomorrow night. <laughs> please let them win tomorrow. Just, just a, a, a portion of offense, my lord. A portion. Just, I mean, exactly. they gotta they gotta figure something out for sure. Uh, yeah, that's a full sixty minutes. A full sixty minutes, please. Can I mean? Can we just get a break from Tampa Bay? How about that? Like, I don't want to see them on the schedule for a while. I'm so sick of them. Well, it's like we won't, so that's good. And this whole quote-unquote Champa Bay, I mean, it's like it's uh, killing me right now. I mean, uh, they're they are they're having a good time down in Tampa. And they get – well, they don't get perfect weather. It's still really humid down there. But, I mean, they get, like, sunny weather year-round. They got the beach. And they're just – they're living their best lives down there, I guess, right now. But mm-hmm. when it comes to sports anyway. So, I mean, I guess the rich get richer when it comes to that. Yeah. But – uh. Hey, we get one more chance tomorrow to maybe bring them back down to reality a little bit, maybe. You know, we'll see. But um, that's going to do it for Episode 17. Again, this is Chad Benton, your host, and I'm joined by Rich Howe and Colin Bluen, our co-hosts of the Catfish and Ice podcast. We bring you two episodes a week, every Monday and Thursday. So please go follow the podcast at Catfish Ice. And uh, we got another episode coming for you later this week. Again, we're presented by DraftKings. Go download the uh, Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN to have a lot of fun out there betting on sports. And until next time, uh, Colin, hope you don't have to dig your way out of snow up there in Cincinnati. We'll see. It's it's tall. My wife just texted me and said it's taller than our pugs. So they're not going potty out there, so I might have to, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. And then uh, Rich is in the crossfire as well, possibly with the snow, snowmageddon. We'll see. Uh, I'm pretty safe down here in Nashville. I don't think I have to worry about that. So Enjoy uh, it. (laughs) All right. So everyone take care. We appreciate you. And we'll see you later this week for episode 17 or episode 18, I should say. And until then, everyone take care. Be safe. Go for Preds. 